Hello everyone, Ben Maynard here. I'm a product and agility specialist and I have taken myself to Warsaw, Poland for the LESS Conference 2022. It's been a few years since I was last at a LESS Conference and this one has rekindled my love for them. So much so that I wanted to take a few minutes, well specifically 10 minutes, with some of the people whose talks that I saw or that I missed to get them to sum up their talk in 10. So, without any further ado, let's begin this episode. I'm joined by Dennis Saunikov at the Les Conference 2022. I'm looking at Dennis for some affirmation. It is 2022 and I haven't forgotten what year it is. And I'm talking to people who have done talks, trying to get an idea of their talk in 10 minutes. And I've accosted Dennis to see if he can apply. So Dennis, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, well, let's not hang around. Could you give everyone listening an idea of what it was you spoke about? And let's try and try and keep it to a 10-minute time box, if possible. Yeah, so I think what uh, makes my talk a little bit unique is that it's mostly based on the startup cases, not on the cases of transformation of big companies. And those are companies which... So th- those are startups which were not working in one way before and then converting to less or something else. Those were companies which were applying some less experiments and practices as they grew. And like one of the words in the title is hypergrowth. So this means that those companies were growing pretty fast. This is uh, like something very common. I've worked with many startups over the last five years. I see that more and more startups treat scaling their uh, headcount, like doubling it, tripling it every year is one of the approaches to uh, like retain their success or even multiply their success on the market. So have you found that less is particularly well suited to startups then? I can't judge because I can't compare. Like I have worked only at one traditional bank and we had nothing close to less there. So (laughs) yeah, but based from what I observe, like I think one of the ideas built originally into Scrum and into less is that we have quite some uh, successful companies in the world which started with small team where people were doing everything not just sitting in their specialization silo and we are trying to bring that uh, spirit back to the existing companies which are bigger than one team so i think uh, like this is the way for startups to retain things that br- brought them success after they start growing mm-hmm. and uh, gaining more uh, market fit so then the title of the talk was what was it, what was the title of the talk? It was hypergrowth versus less. Hypergrowth versus less, yeah. and hypergrowth is a term. Does that come from the term from the book even blitzscaling? Because uh, I noticed that was one of your slides talking about blitzscaling. I wonder what's the relationship then between these terms. Yeah, so there are two words: blitzscaling and hypergrowth. So blitzscaling is basically a strategy which is promoted by Reid Hoffman, the co-founder of PayPal and founder of the LinkedIn. And uh, so this is a strategy they basically suggest uh, to startups who are looking, who have found their product market fit, and now they want to increase their market share. And the, in the foundation of this strategy lies the prioritizing speed over efficiency, meaning that you start delivering more, and according to them, at least, to deliver more, you also need to have more people on board. And hypergrowth is another term, it's a term uh, like very official term from World Econo- Economic Forum, which says that hypergrowth is a stage when companies manage to achieve uh, constant 
40 plus percent annual growth rate for more than one year in a row. Okay. So, so blitz scaling is a, hyper growth is something that start, most startups aim for, and uh, blitz scaling is probably the most popular strategy to achieve hyper growth. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. So you can use blitz scaling to achieve hyper growth. And then you had a question from the audience, which was, did you did was it considered that you could have achieved hyper growth without having have merged with or recruited so many new people into the organization that your answer to that was like something along the lines of feature parity but the acoustics in the room were great i didn't quite get it so what, what how did you respond to i think it was uh, frederick's question then around, around that growth element yeah so my answer was that probably if you're operating in some blue ocean like so greenfield where there are no competitors no established competition in the market you can probably do this. I know quite some companies who approach scaling that way, like one of the probably most notorious examples is Telegram, the messenger, which still has the amount of uh, developers less than 100 people, or maybe even less than 50. And most of them are people who started with Pavel Dura from the very beginning. But this is a very unique example. Most of the companies, uh, when they enter the market where there is an established competition and they need to achieve some feature parity, but at the same time find some unique features which would attract customers or even help them to pull customers from existing competition, they try to do this by just multiplying the development effort. So that you can reach feature parity at speed rather than feature parity at, well, rather than feature parity slowly, because I suppose you need to kind of be an equivalent to your competition to attract them away. And the simplest way of doing that is more people producing more stuff, I suppose. Kinda, yeah, because like, you know, startups live in the world like uh, in the Alice in the Wonderland. So this, they live in the world where you need to run even just to stay on the same place. And because like, while you're achieving that feature parity, the companies you're trying to compete with, they're also delivering new stuff. And they have probably, since they're, since, so since they're already established companies, have good revenue income, uh, they like have bigger development uh, sites, multiple maybe sites uh, doing development, and they, of course, deliver much more features. Mm. Would you recommend blitz scaling to startups at all? Or is it something that you've got a love-hate relationship with? Uh, yeah, so my own attitude towards blitz scaling is controversial. Like, it's more like you describe love and hate relationship. On the one hand, like, I am a fond of principle more with less, and uh, I believe still that if you are, uh, like, prioritizing proper stuff and you have good people on board who are uh, open to the idea of product development, not only writing code, you can uh, achieve market success uh, without uh, hyper growth or without blitz scaling. But on the other hand, I've worked already with four or five startups. It's, uh, it seems to me this is a strategy by default for them. And it's, you need to, I don't know, you need to be a guru of startups and serial entrepreneur to make them change their minds because this is, this is what their investors will expect from them. This is what their advisors in the startup environment will advise them to do. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. I find that really interesting. It's something that I've seen with startups. It's when, and I was talking to somebody in the conference earlier today, when investors get involved, the 
demands and expectations of what you're doing just just change when it was a a small smaller company with a few people and the founders are heavily engaged you can do things in whatever way you see as fit but investors mm-hmm. come along and they bring with them ideas maybe you get a you get a board they all competing with each other and and stuff changes around you what i'm curious then with is when you're faced with those situations where you are growing at such a speed and you're trying to use less were there things about less that people just turned their noses up at and were just like, that is never going to work? Don't want to go anywhere near that. Well, I think one of the most difficult concepts to sell, let's call it that way, is the single product owner idea and single product backlog. Because people in the startup environment, they think in terms of bets. And like, if you have money, the or like in our case, the engineers, the more money you have, the more bets you can make at the same time. And that raises the chance of success. But uh, at the same time, like you have some feature parity to achieve. You have some existing features to support or to improve further. You have some new hypotheses to test. And there should be someone to like give the final call of the priorities of all those things. For example, the company I currently work for, which has already 47 teams working less huge, we still have single PO uh, being the CTO of the company. The main difference is that they, of course, define priorities not in terms of each product backlog item, but more in terms of topics, which those product backlog items relate to. And they, they define those priorities they define how much they are ready to bet on those priorities, and that directs the way how we move teams across different requirement areas or establish new requirement areas. So the structure of less huge and the sentiment of less huge and what you're trying, what we'd want to try and achieve through less huge, which is moving teams between areas and having that single point of direction for things. You found that's been quite successful. And can we name the company that you're talking about? I guess, yes, the company is called PandaDoc, and it's uh, less and now less huge cases uh, have been presented multiple times before at the conference, so I think it's not a secret. And yeah, we are utilizing less huge, and only two and a half years ago, we were usually less with only like nine or eight teams. Now we already have less huge of 47 teams with uh, eight requirement areas, and that still works quite well. Of course, when the organization grows and you hire new people, you will start some system dynamics which you need to overcome. For example, like area product owners treating teams assigned to their area as their teams, not teams they rent from the organization. Or like, for example, uh, area people in the area discussing, okay, why should we do that? Let's just uh, bring it over the fence to the other requirement area. This sometimes happens. But so far we are managing to address those issues. Brilliant. Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Your talk was recorded here at the Less Conference, so it will be up on something, on YouTube, I'm assuming, or the Less website at some point. So I'll make sure that when it does, I'll get a link to it on the description for this episode. Is there any closing thought you'd like to share, or are you happy that happy to end it here? Uh, no, I'd just like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with your audience uh, my talk. I hope they will check out the link when you attach it. It will be, it's a very short talk, almost like a TikTok video, so it won't take much of their time. Yeah, nice bit of uh, advertising there. And uh, thank you very much for bearing with my absolute novice interview techniques, because this is the first time I've done something in person. And every now and again, there's some background noise. 
So I think we did pretty well. Thank you very much for your time, Dennis. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. It means a huge amount to myself and to my guests that you're taking time out of your day to tune your ears into what they have to say. Don't forget to subscribe to the Less Matters podcast on the platform of your choice so you don't miss out on any of the awesome people we've got coming up. And also some of the brilliant little excerpts from the Less Conference this year. So again, thank you for listening and I look forward to having you hear my voice again soon. Thank you very much.